0: From canoeing to soccer, how does that happen? Yeah.
1: Canoeing never give me any any happen? money. <laughs> canoeing was a love for the sport. Uh-huh. Basically, I always love the sport, whatever it is, and still love all the sports. Are you still uh, doing
0: it canoeing in your yeah. free time? You still doing it?
1: Yes, yeah, sometimes I do in uh, Kalango or down in uh, the beaches. Yes. No, really now because these days in um, as uh, as you know the Singapore so safety things in uh, all this. They give you this. Um, you have to wear the uh, safety the vest, man- yeah. uh, west. Uh-huh. Vest yeah. and it's like I can't even. Pull myself because the West is like, because they said you are the safety, and I was like, well, I was an ex Olympian, but never mind. I can't tell the uh, the guy they uh, the Olympic form. No, man. I don't want <laughs> to <go laughs> argue with the guy who is some young Why boy who is really follow rules. Why don't
2: you tell him the next time? Do you know that <laughs> I swim before I learn how to swim? Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: and I didn't have this West. No such a thing. Yeah. to give us the any West. And, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I do sometimes, yeah. But they, yeah, kayaking, canoeing was a pure, pure love. And I think I see the um, guys here who's actually national canoeing and kayakers. I know some of them. Um, Maybe one day c- you could try the dragon boat race. Yeah, I tried once. Oh, well, uh, huh? it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. As I think <laughs> I'm, I'm too tall and uh, this like, uh, it doesn't really suit me that much. Uh, but uh, yeah, so when I go back from the Barcelona, there was only way I could really survive was basically two things I was that time doing to survive was changing money, illegal changing money on the street. That's always interesting. Yes, super interesting um, and super dangerous because um, being in a country with no passport, with no any future. But you stayed in Spain? No, I went back to, to Hungary after oh, Barcelona. you went back to that refugee oh, yeah, camp in Hungary. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah I okay. went back, I went back, I was thinking, Still thinking the war will be stopped, and I'm ready to go back to see my mom and dad. Uh, still 1992, um, and my friend told me, "Alex, I saw you playing, man. You 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 have something, man. You let's let's try to some football." And I I thought, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? And I Just went. I in my pot for you. Yes. And then my, my guy, by <laughs> like the coach who my friend introduced me, said give this young boy a chance you know and the guy said yeah i'll give him but zero money zero contract nothing just let him to train with us that was that's it yeah. that was a that was a what it was that day and until i retire here in singapore in 2014 there was a, something where i took a took a as a biggest kind of opportunity for myself to to see how far also in this sport i can go um basically it was a daily training with the guys um, I was playing on the left side. Uh, I had always the left leg, I hardly had the right You were not leg. the center forward back then? No, 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 oh, I was okay. left back. He was playing defender. Yes, was defender. defender, left yeah. back. How can you be a left back? Yeah, I was left back, I was left, middle left. We used to play four-three-three, so I was like always overlapping. I was, uh, first of all, oh, from because kayaking. You're fast. From kayaking, I was super fast, yeah. fit and fast. Fast, I always had that. And football, I played always continue with the with the kayaking when I was younger. But just the amateurs never really play any professional football like a real professional so coming into this uh, I start learning actually game I learn like through the TV watching and the uh, leagues and watching the players who's playing in my position where they move with ball what they do with they don't have a ball where they run in the space what they move uh, when they need to go back and how they defend how they attack basically and they're asking coaches asking that my teammates how, what do I should do because and, you know sometimes but it was six months of the nightmares of the of the <laughs> football because um, you know it was tough because it's uh, you know first touch you know, I, I was a canoeing uh, you know my body as much was um, in shape of the movement but it wasn't the same with, uh For football, you know, yeah, the football. Yeah. yeah much more stiff and took me quite some time to stabilize myself on the field and after that I never looked back. Who Honestly, were you watching when you were on
2: the uh, on, on that left back position? Were you watching Maldini or what? Maldini. Oh, of course, man. Maldini.
1: And the funny things, the people who I don't know how many people know that he wasn't even left legger, he's a right legger. Uh, he's
2: he center forward. He's a right legger. Yeah. He's a right
1: legger. I was a really left leger. And and then my teammates start loving me because was, I was like the fittest guy in the team. Always. And I always believe, even when I was a canoeing, my coaches always tell me, You want to be on top, you have to tra- train. 10 times more than who is the guy on or day, already around you and top. Yeah. To be, stay on top and you have to be fit. You have to uh, deduct your life, sacrifice everything. Not going out and drinking coffees and sitting and thinking about in um, uh, how sun, sun is so nice and shiny. <laughs> it's about how dark is, how dark is in your eyes when you come after the session mm. and where's the bed to sleep. So that, that was my old school coaches and I took that. And so basically, yeah, there was a, so the football was one thing and the and money changer. I was changing the money on the street of Seged because of that time was embargo of the Serbia and Croatia. Yeah. Oh, Serbia, Serbia side was a more embargo. And the people was coming from Serbia to, to uh, buy the food, buy the everything because nothing was in the country. And there was a hope for me to make money because uh, basically, I was on the street asking people to change the money because currency on the street was much bigger than on the bank. But to do that, you're doing illegally. Police is everywhere, or civil, or the normal police. And basically, I was a football player playing now for the club, and then I'm doing this illegally. For I was doing for basically for until I left the country because there was a huge. Income for me because of from football, they was giving me a few hundred dollars just to survive. So, you're but like they, the illegal money changer, the, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah. when I see <laughs> now in uh, Arcadia, the guys is here very uh, in uh, you know in uh, technologies, they computers they have this money, they they change. Yeah. I was like, uh, needed first, first things is, um. Uh, was to know the money feeling of the, if there's fake or is a real dollar or Deutsche That time was dollar and Deutsche And that was a tricky thing because the Serbian people come, the people who is desperate to also trick you because they are desperate to make money of you because you are giving them uh, Hungarian money and they're giving you fake. Some of them will give you fake dollars, $100 or $50. This $50 is my salary for a couple of weeks. And then so... So it was a game. Game on from the <laughs> daily basis. Game on all the time with them. So, you know. And but what
0: do you do when you find out that it's a fake money? What do you, do you confront you, them?
1: Nothing right? you can do. You just tell him and say, that, yeah. my man, this is the fake. You no. can't even tell him, hey, I'll I I call you police because he will say that oh, you will also go police. <laughs> so basically, it's I. Like, it's a just a game on. That's why I say it is a game on. Your eyes and the feeling in your feet, uh, your, your, you know that uh, what but is the... Have yeah. you ever accepted things? <laughs> well, I did a few time tricks, unfortunately. Yeah? In the start, or start of my business, uh, there was a bad <laughs> time of business uh, because I was more tricked than I made money. Because how I knew that, because I thought it's actually a real one. And when I go to exchange those US dollars and Deutsche Mark to the people who take give you a, um, profit and the foreign for the next day to work on the street they'll tell you hey alex unfortunately this is fake oh this is fake this is fake oh you get less money today <laughs> basically your uh, salary is gone man it's like oh, man. off you go again but um, through the months and uh, and uh, yeah you you get used to that and you really that's why i say this There was a game on all the time <laughs> from the morning to evenings and the plus i was rushing for the sessions trainings and and my coach sometimes see me on the street and he'll ask me, Alex, how come I every time I see you you're on the street, man, standing there and then you come <laughs> so <hanging> fresh. <laughs> you are smiling and coming out. Uh, what are you doing on the street all the time? I said, well, a profit I'm looking, today. <laughs> I'm looking for my friends. So <laughs> because I couldn't. I was so ashamed to tell everybody. Yeah. But only a few, my closest friend that time, knew what I'm doing. And so, yeah, there was a part of the part of the survival. You kind of... Yeah, I was... Most of my life was in surviving mood. Uh, if you look at the survivors in, uh, in the show, show, that was my mind because that was only how I was thinking because I knew I need to survive. And to survive, I needed to challenge myself in that so many different jobs. And one of those jobs I'm not proud but help me to survive. Well, it's an experience, man. It's, it's, experience, and, it, and so I, I, was, I wasn't never confident, man. And you know, to, for me, from the first day, I remember so many of these people passed, and i would be just standing, and my friend will knock me, said, ask them to, are they want to change money. I said, I can't ask. He said, what do you mean? How are you going to make money? I said, well, I don't know. So in the end, slowly, yeah, it took me a while. But the football took me quite, uh, after one season, second season, people start recognizing me because I was scoring goals. As a defender, as a fullback, I was scoring goals because I was always going attack. I realized playing game with my opposite mm-hmm. um, defender On the was right back. basically, yeah. So it's between war, between me and him, who is fitter. Am I going to follow him when he attacking or he's going to be so scared of me that he will follow me all the time. So I don't need to go defend my goal. I'll be always staying in the opposition half and attack the goal. Because he no choice but follow me because he's scared. You
2: mean you're playing the uh, right back? Oh, you know you're talking about the left, right, right midfield. No,
1: left, left, left back, left back, left midfield. So I could always on the left side. I was okay. looking only okay. my left side always most of the time. No, Sometimes but you
2: are going against the the, yes,
1: from l- the right, right back field. Yes, from the right midfield. So right, right midfield. midfield. Okay. So this right yeah. midfield, we so in the end they were so scared of me because I was so fit. Yeah. I could catch him even if he get a ball. I will be defending. I'll make sure I really run all the way to the box to box. Basically it was box to box. And the coaches appreciate that hard work. Honestly, until last day of my football, I wasn't Nema or any technical guy, but what I had, I had this hard work um, that I give everything what I have on the field. And I guess until uh, last day, most coaches appreciate that. Whatever I played left back and I went to the play in Australia. After that, they went in China. I was right, right uh, mostly on the left midfield. And, and then I came in Singapore in 99 as a striker. Yeah. We as needed a that.
2: I mean, we needed a tall target man. But the Tanjung
1: Paga <laughs> basically started league. I remember there was a uh, fifth or sixth league games before they decide to sign the fourth foreigner. They only had the three of them. I remember my friend, I was in Australia playing in Adelaide. And my friend told me, look, Alex, there's a club in Singapore, they're looking for striker. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not striker. W- where is this Singapore man? Is this, uh, <laughs> no, which part of China is it at? Sure. Do, no, you, no, even, I knew do it. you even know where Singapore I knew, is? I knew, I knew. I was good in uh, history. So I knew. Geography Actually when mean. I was flying <laughs> to Australia in 1995, in September, I was in Changi Airport. And I ah, remember okay. I went out because that time was people smoking outside. I mean, I never smoked, but I just wanted to see the, just like a, people told me they're so hot. And I remember I opened the door and I come out and I was like, oh my God, going in, right. man. <laughs> was shit. So hot, man. <laughs> yeah? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going there. Like, I remember the time I was thinking, oh my God, I'm going end of the world because when I ended, ended up in uh, Australia, um, there was um, basically after a few weeks, I wanted to go back to Europe because I was so not homesick, but I was so, just sick thinking about how far I went flying mm-hmm. like a twenty four hours, like it's like never end down to Melbourne. And um yeah, coming in ninety nine, I was remember that and my so I remember that um <clears throat> coach and the Paga coach uh, Tohari Pajan came, Tohari okay. Tohari yeah. came and to the to the um, airport with the with the chairman uh, there was uh, Richard Richard Woon. Uh, Richard Richard Woon. I think Richard, Richard Woon was Woon. Yeah, yeah Richard Woon. Yeah. And um I remember he had this uh, uh, e200 white mercedes and this guy was chinese like a, i was i live in china because i play in china he was skinny guy and i was like oh this guy's a mafia man he's a mafia <laughs> for sure man and then there's that uh, kihari Pajan he was like a short guy yeah, and was yeah, like yeah. is that a coach man i was like so short like who's going to i thinking what kind of authority he has but i didn't know he was an ex national player and yeah. well-known coach at that time i didn't know i just came and they drove me to holland village they had an apartment for me in holland village and which is my place now? Until now, never moved. Really? The, yeah. Yes. Holland Man, Village. And that's a so nice that's, place to stay. But yes, for twenty odd years. Yes. Yeah. Holland Village. And so they brought me to the Tanjung Paga, the stadium, and the Queenstown Stadium, which is, let me tell you guys, now nothing changed. It's still the same. <laughs> I look ninety nine. That's how much we invested in stadiums, in sports, Sorry. basically. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they. I look at the stadium, and I say, oh, it's okay. I mean, it's good for... T-. So I told uh, Tohari, I said, well, oh, it's not bad for the training and all this because coming from the big stadiums in uh, China and uh, Australia, and he said, no, no, Alex, actually, this is our stadium. We train here and we play here. And let me tell you, when it's raining, we can't even train because we have to train behind the goal. And I was like, what are you talking about? How are we going to prepare ourselves? Don't worry, we'll find a way. And from <laughs> day one, I realized... <laughs> This is Singapore football. Everything is possible. <laughs> you know, all kind of small things: where to train, how to train, how to trick.
0: They, this, and uh, no, but you so, like disappointed. I mean, you've been to China, you played in China, Melbourne, and then you came to Singapore. And the condition of the honestly, pitch is like Honestly, honestly,
1: believe I, I thought I would be there for one season. It wasn't mm. even a full season because they started season, I think, in March, and I came in May, first May, just first May. So they started really league. That time was uh, just a two rounds and was uh, I think twelve teams that time, so it was a bigger, longer. And I remember my first game was against Galang um, United, and um, and I was a striker. And I first couple of games I couldn't even score a goal. And that time I don't know if you guys remember, <clears throat> there was a lot of articles. No, like a today there was a much more kind of writing about. There was a magazine about football and you know yeah. foreigners who coming. Of course my name was there because. Mm-hmm. Well, they said there was a big, tall guy come to play, but can't score goals. Was so, that Neil Humphreys? Ugly. So there was a there was a there was a columns in a really. Really, somewhere <laughs> I. The have new, this. People, right? yeah, a a new people, right? There was two columns. There was a good yeah. place and bad place. And the good place, they call him good place. And the the bad players who write for the week, for example, I don't know week eight, the bad players who really play badly, mostly 99% foreign players, they will say ugly, go home. So they would call us Ugly Go Home. That's new paper, yeah.
2: That's that's definitely new paper. I can't remember which paper. I was
1: so upset. I was so upset because my name actually from their start was they all the time. (laughs) Ugly Go Home. And this league was that time was like basically anybody from the stand to say, oh, this is a shit player. Change him. Next day you are gone. They will destroy your contract. You have in contract two months salary. Bye-bye. So I was kind of preparing myself after fourth, fifth games. No scoring goals. I'll be gone. One thing's is what I really, whatever I worked so hard, whatever I was believing myself as a player, uh, Tohari Pajan helped me a lot. We stay after the sessions. I always ask him, let's stay coach. Let's do some finishing, finishing. Because I told him, I'm not a striker. I'm mean, much, I'm tall. I'm really never been because I always kind of shift to the left, shift to the right. And he always told me, Alex, you have to stay in the box, man. How are you going to score goal? Which is true. And through his kind of guidance, I really. Finally, I start scoring goals and that was the end of the story, never stop. <laughs> Basically, that season I finished with 14 goals um, and they didn't offer me contract. I was disappointed that didn't get to offer a contract, but I had already some clubs in Australia. I went to Australia and I got a call from the Home United in 2000. I won the cup. Basically, in um, you know, I think biggest crowd was in 2000 uh, in an uh, old national stadium against two uniform teams, uh, SF and SF. Uh, home United. Yeah. It was yeah. a really good game. I uh, remember the Ernie Tappe scored from penalty. We won 1-0. And then I got a really longer longer contract, which one I was really pleased. I was a Geelong United in 2001. Uh, Patrick Ang as a chairman yeah, yeah. <coughs> offered me four years contract. It was a, that, was. Well, that was a long I, contract. Yeah, and I thought this is this is the end. You know, I'm going to be here. Uh, my daughter was born in 2002. Then there's my son in 2004. And I was like, okay, I'm uh, here. But uh, in 2001, I already won the league. Only league Geylang won. I was 37 goals scored. Um, 2002, we was playing in... Um, uh, we finished second. 2003, we was in uh, Asian Champions Cup semi-final, we nearly went into the final. we was the only club who was so close to being the final of the, this prestige IFC Cup. And we had a really good team. And yeah, in 2005, I got a call from the SAF They really wanted me to kind of guide the younger boys. And I was already captain of all the teams I played for. So I went into the uh, SAF not knowing that um, in from 2006 to 2009, I will win everything what could be win in Singapore. League, Cup, uh, three times top scorer, three times play of the year. Um, I was flying. Uh, 2007, I, when I became citizen, um, I scored 44 goals in the league, which is was That's basically bullying. That's what you yeah. you call it now. That's what they said. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just running think, circles around them. I think yeah. to be scoring goals, of course, I had a good teammates. I had I I mm-hmm. played with the good guys. It wasn't me. It wasn't myself or anything like that. It mm-hmm. was just uh, basically teams where I played. There was a full of good good players. Um, nothing against the league, which is today, but I can say that as uh, no, because I played or all my teammates, all the teammates play. But the league was much more vibrant by, uh, but big names of the you know football, whatever is locals or foreigners, and um, and it was more clubs and it was more kind of uh, you know um, buzz about football we singapore has always been buzzed about football but yeah, just uh um, overseas football. we we couldn't I just about to say that we we didn't we didn't know how to actually always feel that we never really uh, build up on our success which one we did of course people still believe in um malaysian cup i always talk about that i believe 2007 when we won um Ma- uh, malaysian cup um suzuki cup or suzuki, was the tiger yeah. cup that time yeah. and then again we won 2004 2007 then we won uh, my last ones in 2012 we never really build up on that success we didn't really use that as a national tool to to bring the you know schools football you know in the some uh, level and we missed that and th- that opportunity to uh, to build up even bigger the league unfortunately uh, of course money play big part um i played in this league i know how difficult it is. um every club Struggle with the budgets, uh, sp- struggle with the uh, sponsorship. Sometimes I believe also there's a, sometimes it's wrong wrong people was in the wrong place in a, as a, as a running the club. In my time, um, I believe that if you had a good good management or good people who was um, you know running the club could kind of sell the product as a football in you know, to the bigger company and get a, get a, get a this league to be bigger. And because we we have everything to to succeed. We are just need to believe that we can do that.
2: One Mike,
0: dead, dad, dad. And then while you
1: were playing for Singapore, yes. I think you were one of the... You are the first foreigner... 2007, November 2007. World Cup qualifier against Tajikistan. Never forget. To wear that captain armband. Yeah, it was uh, after that. I was... Um, yeah, only non-born Singaporean yes. who was a captain of the national team. What are the, proudest, yeah. what are the proudest? What are the proudest moments. Not that I asked to to be captain. Basically, as you know, the captains usually they choose by team, the players around you. And I had this opportunity to against Bahrain, a friendly game on the national stadium, to be captain and take the team from the tunnel, which is was. When the coach told me that I'm going to be captain, I, I, to be honest, I, I thought he's joking. Oh, you didn't know prior before that? Did you? you didn't was, know that? No, okay. no, 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 of course not. That yeah. was like a five minutes before game. Oh, five. They, yeah, <laughs> usually the a captain, is always that there. Game. But the, for that game, they, they, they decide to change. The, and they said, they brought, they actually captaincy brought to me, and I was like, almost looking, thinking, me? I was like, it can't be. And I was like, you know, um, there was always local boys, and which is, I believe... But I guess like that you know, the best, they're, they're, but the players in the dressing room tr- trust me because, yeah. uh, you know, I was buzzing. Every game I play for national team, I I was kind of like, couldn't wait to play. But basically, uh, couldn't wait because it was um, really something. As a footballer, and you you a dream to play for the national team. Basically, even I started playing when I was thirty seven. Um, which is risky for even to step in to play for the national team because it's a different level of the football is uh, the game is much faster, much more pressure because whatever you did in the league is uh, one thing. but when you come into the national team is uh, um, <clears throat> the, the people who lo- watch the national team is a totally different opinions and different. So I don't needed that because I was doing so well in the league. I was a top scorer, I was winning the titles. But again, I told myself, I'll try and see to help this team and see how much, how far I can go. Not knowing that I will play for five years and 50, 54 times for the national team. 20, 20, 27 goals, 27 goals. <laughs> I mean, you were still called up while you were in the 40s, late 40s or something. 42, 42 was my last, to play for last, last tournament was the Suzuki Cup yeah. in, uh, in 2012 when we was uh, in, in the group with the Malaysia. And, um, uh, yeah, none of us, uh, none of Singaporeans all said, they said, we are, because we, before that twice we try, we never win. No, we went past the group stage and we was, Malaysia was hosting the group against those us, Cambodia and Indonesia, Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, and Cambodia. So they all thought we are finished group stage. will be back in the first week, but to be honest. First time that I had it, I myself and all of us in the dressing room, we had the feeling that we have a really, finally we have the good mixture of the players, good professional players. Haris Harun was coming out. Um, we had this uh, Bahaki, uh, Safwan, I think there was, um, there was a really good mixture of the young and the older players who can guide them. And we <clears throat> we really, we smashed the, uh, Malaysia, the first game, 3-0. That's always nice, goal. right? That's always nice. Goal. Yeah, always yeah. nice. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> neighborhood uh, good reality you know there was a 90,000 people I remember we going into the stadium and it was like a 90,000 people we couldn't even hear ourselves. and of course you know to to claw, you know quiet them in uh, after the second goal and especially when I, I I was on the bench and I came on and five minutes later I scored the third goal final go goal, 3-0 I was like the best feeling best feeling and then we went all the way to final with Thailand always Toughest yeah, opponent to us, side, you know, yeah. uh, winning against them, you know, bringing a trophy. And I knew already before that I already announced that I'm going to retire from the national team. Not knowing, actually, I will. I was thinking, okay, retire from the national team and from the football, but I still stay with the Tampines Won three league, three leagues, and uh, another one top scorer, and uh, then I retire in 2014.
2: This when. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna let you guys do the shit now because <laughs> i think it's enough
1: <laughs> so how many
0: cabinets at home do you have full of your medals and trophies i have a lot to be honest you know <laughs> where they are, they are they are in my office
1: oh really yeah in office i yeah, can't yeah. fit them oh, yeah, out. yeah yeah of course yeah. i i'm i'm real Singaporean. i live in the small hdb and there's no enough space for my trophies so i brought them in the office and my ceo first time and saw the trophies and said Alex, is this your trophies? What are they doing here? I say, look, I, I know. If, so I put it next to my table in a sport SG yeah. the whole day, all the medals and, uh, and trophies nice. day. Yeah, so I have my. Uh, to be honest, uh, in my room, in my in my, uh, in my uh, with that, I can't move anyway. It's um, it's uh, my um, last jersey I play for the national team, which one was uh, against Thailand in the final. Signature, with all the players, and I framed that, and that is in my. Uh, um, bedroom So you every day Every night Every morning I wake up today. I look at that I look at that jersey And you know Something They give me the Some like a Really energy To see And every day We have quite a bit Of jersey I saw, so Just feel I free saw. To take anyone back You have a wrong one day is, uh, Spurs I will yeah. not, not Put it next to Spurs
2: We can burn it later If you want Yes <laughs> The thing is, how do you feel, man? I, I I wanted to ask this from just now. How do you feel scoring goal? Because we all wanted to be a footballer when we grew up, right? Everyone yeah. wants to. No, I want to be bo- a lawyer.
1: Really, oh, okay. a <laughs> real Singaporean a lawyer. A doctor. Yeah, that's the now thing. Now we're talking uh, the real ones.
2: That's why we are not prospering, you think? Yes. <laughs> so the yeah. thing is, we all want to be footballers right? when we grew up. We watched this shit and things like that. And how does it feel, man, to score a goal in front of all these people, thousands um, of people?
1: People don't even realize that when we are on the field, and myself, I don't think so. Is any different? My players. Um, we actually, I don't even feel that the people around me, except the players who is on the field. I kind of switch off myself. That uh, whatever is ninety thousand or five people or ten people or hundred thousand of them on the on the on the, I don't hear that much. You don't. I yeah. no. It's basically your job is uh, to focus as much you can on the game, and of course my job is to score goals. So basically, I was always hungry and i hate to lose whatever sport we're talking about i hate to lose um and my my job was to score goals to help the team to win the games never really take any credit of that because goals was just a part of my job never really count later than the people told me alex you scored 380 something goals you the, did in the league yes in oh, the Singapore shit. League. and i never really think about that because even that I got a call from the, some guy from FIFA in Geneva to tell me this. He said, are you at the Alexandre George I said, yes, yeah, me. He said, we've been tracking your goals and you you, you are basically like one of the biggest uh, top scorer in the world. Did they ask the you goals. to stop scoring? I, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. stop <laughs> I think only team who told me that uh, they are most happiest ever when they saw me to retire was Albrecht Nagata from uh, Aus yeah. play here because the, the team manager was there still is here. He, he told me say alex, we was most happiest club that you are retired because we never won against whatever team you played with mm. against you. We never won any trophy because of you because you take everything we never could win league we couldn't win a cup every time my players see you on the field you're warming up they shit themselves because they're thinking, look at this tall, strong guy, how are we going to defend him the Japan, you know it's like uh-huh. and I was like, really you say, yeah, it's like kind of like joy, like okay so yeah they that's yeah, this it's um, I can say it. actually they was much more better players in this league before than me uh, who play. And I'm proud that I was part of this league and pr- part of this kind of this playing with those players, whatever is the uh, locals or foreign, um, uh, so many, uh, so many. I will, you know, I need will the three days to tell the names, but honestly, um, <clears throat> I was just a part part of the, whatever team i played and won the leagues it wasn't because i scored 30 40 goals no because of the team i was just a team team member team which when i maybe as a leader or as a, as a captain lead very well because i pushed them i want them to understand that is uh you know football is not just a hobby but it's um it's a job and it's it's something which one is some of the you know who's married depending from the you know for performance to get a new contracts to have a feed the families kids and i try to um tell them that and so the lot of younger guys really um um kind of learned that in because they needed to learn because i think there's still lack of this professionalism in the in not just in singapore but generally in southeast asia i think that the moment vietnam is doing the best in 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 way to, to teach the younger generation what is the to become professional sportsman it's a job people don't realize but is it's a job which one is why singaporean kids don't take yeah. because he's um it's a risk mm-hmm. it's doesn't doesn't give you of any course, yeah. Yeah, security. It is yeah. no security. That's it's why he wanted to be he, a lawyer. Yeah, that's why he's uh, he's, he's just one, like yeah. one of those yeah. guys. Well, I thought I'm, I'm I taking t- the bar exam now. Let <laughs> me tell you, I I have four kids, so I tell you my kids also be lawyers and uh, no, be study well, study well. Sport is um, have to be in your life, but study well, uh, yeah. have something and but can be done. I study, I finish. When in war with well, army men, but I still um, did all these things. It can be done. Mm. It's a problem. Is um, maybe my generation? I grew up in uh, in uh, very poor, and I will. I I'm still the, the boy who is in this Bosnia village and uh, grew up. I'm still the same. It didn't change me. Whatever whatever people told me today, Alex, you are legend. You are this and that. Doesn't really count to me because I'm still the same guy, same boy who was growing up in this small village, in on uh, uh, you know in this cows and the sheep and the. Pigs and dogs and cats. And so I'm still the same boy. Nothing changed me. And and I will never change because I believe that <clears throat> you have to stay who you are. And yes. yeah, and I'm trying to, to teach, and trying to then. teach this younger generation. I, even I, I'm struggling teaching my kids because when I tell them my kids big now, but... The, I tell them, they say, that, oh, daddy, you're old school. You're talking nonsense because, uh, you know, uh, you are now old. I ever just go now, just again. stick the old iPad school. away, man. Yeah, I know. I think oh, video games. Video games. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, they, they, this is what is um, biggest fight we're having in the sports. And here, it's life is too easy. Too easy. For the kids, whatever, we give them everything. Um, younger generation, maybe, like new generation, wasn't even much in the sport because they didn't have time for the sport because they needed to survive and they build what is we have today in this Singapore. But <clears throat> what we fight fighting today is basically technology with fighting in internet with um, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, whatever is. And I, as a father, or you guys, and you see this around. It's no different. People f- um, changing very fast, which is quite dangerous and I believe actually the sport is the biggest tool to stop this. I think the stop for uh, not only older generation but especially for younger generation for the yeah, kids in the makes schools. A lot of sense. Yes. To sport, to have in their lives. Whatever is uh, they going to have um, in uh, just to be amateurs or just love the sport, they should be there. They should be emphasized as much we could in this country to take a sport. Whatever is a single sport or especially is team sports because team sport give you un- unity give you the different real race and religion kids playing together with knowing knowing who they're who because um and and they're growing up together and then when they see each other one day and they will remember oh I i was playing with you remember 10 years ago maybe they will see boys will see each other in the army and remember those days um so and then you learn what i believe that you learn a lot of life values which one even in your home, father and mother can not teach you how much you can learn values, good values, which one is carry through your life um, <clears throat> later, later in your in your life. No, even realize that actually you're building that in your in your character as a, as a person. So I believe that we should really invest as much we can in uh, in the sport, uh, not only in Singapore, but I think general, I think world is changing, and I think everybody thinking same probably to. To go back in uh, old roots, to love for the sport.
0: Are your kids or your son following in your footsteps interested in
1: football? My daughter is actually she's um they are now big they are she's 19 she play uh, volleyball for the state mm. uh, Victoria volleyball she was playing oh, okay. um my son is my two boys they are basketball uh, playing basketball um they they okay my oldest son is 17 he's quite tall like me um the younger one. Um, they now I have a little one. He's two and a half. I think all pressure on him. <laughs> he's going to be football player because uh, no, yeah, I can't see this. anybody else. So yeah, there's Emanuel, so Emanuel, left, huh? the last Emanuel, Emanuel. is. Um, <laughs> so yeah. you make it or you break it, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, saying that, um, because uh, my my older two is my biology kids. Yeah. So my third son, uh, second son, Ma- Massimo. He's um he's a he's a boy I adopted here when he was uh, three mm, days old. Yeah. And so he's my um, Singapore boy. Yeah. And then this, this Emmanuel, who is now two and a half, I adopt him from Malaysia, from oh. state of Selangor. And he's okay. some mix, so we still don't know what, but he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So before COVID, I used to travel in uh, Malaysia you know, with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was just a baby, And but the people knows me there especially this, uh, when you go into Johor, uh, just cross the cross, yeah. they will see him and said, oh, Alex, you adopted we'll our that, boy. Is then guy? they will say to me, he said, hey, please don't change his password, play for Singapore. Make sure you teach him to strike a striker <laughs> like Leisure. you, but play for <laughs> us, so we can beat Singapore one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember always, they told me that every
1: time I see, even when I went to, uh, you know, to get some of his documents, the old immigration officer came and they said, oh, Alex, please. Please keep him as a you know selling good boy. He's a selling good boy. He we want him to play Malaysia, but you teach him to be like you. <laughs> well, it's too bad. <laughs> yeah, too bad. I think he's no I didn't want to tell him because I was thinking oh, I may not go out from the Malaysia back to Singapore. So better don't tell anything. I say yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and yeah, what, so, what's your role now, man? Your principal in Sports SG. Yeah, I'm. Um, I joined Sports SG after retirement um, in. Um, 2016. Yeah. I've been uh, principal of the ba- basically largest ac- football academy you c- you can find here in Singapore. It's um, fully basically funded by government um, and is very af- affordable. Basically, my always dream was uh, actually even when I joined them uh, was to to have in Singapore some, something like the kids to whatever kid you are to join and enjoy playing sport in my case is a football because that's what I been doing. And um, so they basically, we give uh, myself or us in Sport SG or Active SG Football Academy opportunity for every child to come and play. Whatever the level of football is zero or they're playing really well, we find a spot for them to be there. What we want to, uh, to achieve is uh, to get uh, as many kids to come and play the sports, whatever is a football, basketball. We have many academies and is super cheap it's only a few dollars i have 13 centers about singapore so the Singaporean can't mother and father can't tell me oh alex i have to travel from woodlands to uh, Badok, which one i already have in woodlands stadium uh, uh, because i know it's a doorstep just uh, so they i use a lot of my ex players who become coaches to coach those kids they coach them my 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 kind of vision is not just to cause them to be football players because this is what the mistake we've been doing for many years. It's a lot of younger, uh, older generation, my time players who was a fantastic players. What they didn't have outside the football, they didn't know how to adapt themselves as a, uh, like when they're not playing football. Yeah. So they basically, they, they, the values what they're carrying was probably not the best. So I'm ty- trying to, in calculate my session, football sessions in the, in, the, in the, in the, in, in, in trainings mixture of the, they learn some values, which one they're going to caring for the later social values, yes, social way. values. And I'm not interested. I see the good child playing well. Yes. I will uh, take the notes, but I'm interested to the kids to individually, each of them take something for the rest of their life. As as a, a sport, as a football, as a footballers, whatever they're going to be in there. Because if we have a lot of kids before COVID, I had uh, three thousand kids train every weekends, all different age groups. And um, unfortunately, during the COVID, the numbers went down because, you know, it's it's just impossible to to make the sessions. But <clears throat> um, what is important to I have I have this vision that is, uh, those kids playing football. They one day not only they will love sport, play football with the friends on the street, on the on these courts where we have, but they also will come and follow, be fans, our good fans, understanding football because you know it's a lot of fans here that don't understand football. They like to, you know, write bad things because especially now these days the social media and they don't really help anybody. Um, you know, we need to enco- get the encouragement for our younger especially for our national team and uh, you know, for the boys and our league, I want those kids to be part of those local teams. So if I have a Haugen in Haugen stadium, I have a center. I want those kids to understand this is Haugen United and you need to come and watch those team because that's what your neighborhood, this is your club because I still follow my uh, club when I was just started. I still have some jerseys of get my brother send me, uh, you know, because I still follow the club, even his, lower division but never mind i'm so passionate about this club and i want to teach those kids also to be passionate about this the club. neighborhood, so it's club. neighborhood yeah. club yes instead of the usual yes. european whatever club. whatever is yes epl liverpool manchester united paris Saint germain now because of the Messi and all they will be always around that's fine we all kind of but you have to understand we are we are here this is this is our country this is what we are this is where we belong. This is when is, uh, if I'm in Holland Village, I'm looking where is the Clemente or Stadium or is it um, Topayo uh, or is it uh, Queenstown? What is the team's day? And yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm so passionate about it and to change this football in uh, Sons from the younger generation. And then, you know, I'm um, looking forward, of course, I'm looking also some of those kids to to be in, a, I have a few developing centers, which one is for the better kids. So they train more frequently, they have more sessions, they have a more kind of, um, you know, um, in different kind of coaching. And so hopefully some of those kids will really be picked up by uh, local clubs and uh, be part of the clubs or the national setup. And hopefully if we have uh, some money, because we are always talking about money, we can send them overseas to study, be with a part of the club and train there. And, you know, it's a, it's a vision, which one I believe can work. As long as we believe in, um, in process. We need to believe in the process. Unfortunately, our football here been um, always mixture with the businesses. So we want to think that um, <clears throat> if I put a $2 in my share or bacon or what is that now these days, then yeah. tomorrow I, fine, want, yeah. Yeah, I want success. I want that. Sport is not like that. You can invest 10, 20 years and not knowing is it going to be something there. So we need to really believe and, and into the, this long process. We have to trust that process and to do that is, it's something which we need to work to change our mind, mindset as a Singapore community, football community.
0: You know, listening to you from the beginning until now, what you've went through, what you've contributed, somebody should make a show or a movie or, a, you know, about you, really um yeah it's yeah.
2: it's logical i mean the things that you've gone through you've gone through probably like four or five major phases in your life
1: war you know yeah yeah but it's uh everybody write their life you know i didn't write my life in yeah actually i hide a lot of my life in know uh, because i thought people not be interested in these wars and killings and and and, and my struggling and you know, as a person but a lot of my friends like uh we mentioned humphrey um, mm. Neil, um, you know, he was one of them who said, oh, Alex, you have to really write this. People should read because he's uh, very motivated. Uh, you know, some people who are really struggling um, may find um, really motivated to, to, for their life. So I guess, I don't know. Um, do, you, do
0: you think one day you can be a motivational speaker?
1: I, I've inspire been, I've been, yeah. kids, inspire yeah, people. I, you've yeah. inspired I've been doing that in the, like, in, uh, the gym well, after this. in the schools. In the schools, I go to the kids. Uh, tell them, um, but again, you know, younger generation is more into the different things. I think they made the maybe mid- middle middle kind of generation is like more interested to to to, to listen my stories um, because I know my kids. When I tell them, uh, they are, they read the books and they say, Daddy, wow, my what your life is was really tough. But then they ask me, uh, how about I Jordan uh, Air Jordan? Can I get a Jordan? Uh, three hundred three hundred eighty dollars. But they just read my book. I was living in, um, you know, food was uh, not every day on my yeah? table. But how that, about two eggs son, and a bread? Yeah, but my son, uh, um, half an hour later, or Said that? Uh, "Daddy, Daddy, you know this Air Jordan just came out, and uh, they're not, ch- they're not expensive. Only four hundred dollars. Only like, four hundred. Yeah. So the, that's the, that's the, yeah, that's the younger generation for you, for, for us. And, and by thinking. the way, for the listeners, uh, <laughs>
2: Alexander Dury's books is uh, Beyond Borders by uh, from by Glenn Ray. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. I was just going to say Neil Humphreys, man. No, he wasn't. Yeah, Glenn Ray.
1: Glenn Ray was a ghost writer, actually, the guy who wrote the book. I mean, I, f- I felt sorry for the guy because he was nonstop with me because basically he's following me everywhere true. and I was still playing. There was a, This book took us like two years to, to ru- uh, write and put it together. And um, he was listening to all these stories and basically it was, a you know, a lot of tough, if you read the book, it's like a lot of uh, sad things, sad moments and... Um, I'll be crying And then he will cry And then uh, He's Irish So he get drunk So he'll be drunk Like we'll be talking <laughs> by At 2 o'clock in the morning He'll be totally drunk And he said Alex, I can't even remember anymore men what we were talking about <laughs> But <laughs> lucky he recorded Everything was, oh, he was yeah. So it was like recording yeah. every, every, every session we had was recorded But it was like a, Moments of the Laughing, crying And sadness And happiness And so it was like Two years of the Of the nightmares with me But you know. Yeah. The thing
2: is, uh, when I when I hear your stories, when you were you who you were back then, and I actually imagine the only lot of people that ex- that existed right now is those UFC fighters from Dagestan.
1: Yeah, yeah that's. <coughs> they live a harsh
2: yeah. life, and then after that, they they kind of brought their art over to the world, and then now people are I mean, realizing like this talent. Like yeah.
0: yeah. but they're happy. The happy. whole happy. lot. The whole all lot. lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a few of them. Yeah,
1: but they they respect life. I think we all. Uh, What I went through and how I grew up as a, you know, I respect the life. I respect, I always say the respect is a big, 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 big word, but we should be in our mind all the time because you respect your, um, surrounded around you. Uh, You respect the people, whatever they are, good or bad. I I went across so many different people. There was a good and bad. Uh, For the good people, I really respect them and I like them. Um, For the bad people, never say anything wrong. I just leave them that's their opinion and how they think, and so that's 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 it, yeah' so that's <coughs> that's the thing man we've had how 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 long is this How long do you think
2: this is two hours, yeah. Is it two hours oh, yep. So we are close To the four
1: hours We're going to continue For two hours No I think that will be This one will be too long Whatever listeners We'll no, be No we've, we've had two and a really half We've had two and a half We're the second yeah. person yeah. yeah. Okay I know that Enough yeah. is that thing Yeah is this
2: is This is fantastic We're going to end here It's fantastic having you here It's a pleasure It's man, inspiring Listening to your stories yeah. And by the way This podcast is going to be out After your birthday But Happy 51st birthday Alexander Doris. Thank you thank, thank you, you so very
0: much. much. The first birthday Alexander thank you. the great. Thank <laughs> you. Thank Cheers, you. man. Thank you.